0: Do it's the place that you wanna be. Do everybody come sing it with me. Do Logic, it's the place that you wanna go. Do gotta let the whole world know. Do Logic, it's the place that you wanna be. Do Logic, everybody come sing it with me. Logic, it's the place that you wanna go. Dude
1: Logic, gotta let the whole world know. Hello and welcome to Dude Logic, the place for no holes barred, informative and entertaining banter. Call it a place for a refined barbershop talk. I'm your host Chris and I'm in the studio with AJ.
2: What's going on y'all? Uh, just happy to be here for another week. Glad to have had the opportunity to interact with you, like always. Please continue to write in. Let us know what it is that you want to hear. Let us know how you felt about the last show and future shows to come.
1: Uh Chris... Ladies. <laughs> we we got four four uh, great young men here.
2: Yeah, right? Uh, right? Yeah, yeah. Four. Um, four of us in a room. Four yes. that's a lot. That's a lot. <laughs> a lot of men. A lot of testosterone. Lots of One testosterone. Place. <laughs> Uh, but we've all arm wrestled each other already once yep yep, yep, we did that, and played uh rock paper scissors right uh, I won on all of those by the way ladies uh anyway. he, read, he
1: read an article that I forwarded to him about it
2: yeah, he did <laughs> um that really happened he sent me a, an article about how there you can predict statistical probability in rock paper scissors nice. Wh- like why does why does he have these articles and why do he does he send them to me anyway uh <laughs> and, then them, right? and then I read them and then I read them right um. No, but we, we're at that point in the show, Chris, where I think you wanted me to go ahead and introduce our yeah, other yes, guests. Yeah, yes, I did. All yes. right. So, coming to the mic in this podcast today, we have a new person to the show, uh, an old friend of mine from college, and this gentleman's name is Control. What's going on, Control? Welcome to the show. How are you doing today?
3: I'm doing well, man. Thank you for having me on the show. It's uh, definitely a pres- pleasure to be here, and... Uh, Look forward to doing some great things and uh adding some great feedback. Excellent, excellent. <laughs> and as
2: always, one of our old favorites to the show, Anthony. How you been, man?
4: Yes, yes, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for having me back again. I'm good, man, just kicking it, living life, trying to stay busy, keeping it sophisticated, all the good stuff,
2: you know? Yeah. Always a pleasure pretty. to be back on the lovely dude logic podcast. Excellent. And as always, always a pleasure to have you, man. We're uh, we're excited because today is going to be a great episode. Oh yeah! Like we're just gonna you know I think we're gonna freestyle it a little bit. It's yeah. always great when you have four yeah. men in a bit, man. Yeah, you know what this, can this, go wrong? This thing. Nothing time. bad has ever happened with four guys in a room. Never, never,
1: ever in life. Dude, logic.
4: Dude, logic.
1: What's with Donald Sterling, then? <laughs> what, you mean racist old men?
2: <laughs> yes, yes, yes. What's right. that? Oh, man, you, I almost got in trouble this week. Or I did, I think. Uh, we can take this out later if we need to. But, uh, Talitha um, right, got upset right. with me on your Facebook page. Did you read that? On mine? Yeah. I what believe it about? was yours. I believe it was something that you wrote. About Donald about Sterling? About Donald Sterling? What, did you? I don't know if no, I really it was, commented on it was, that. No, it was cold. It was cold. Okay. Um, we're not putting this in, right? Right. All right. Cole Littleton. Right. All right. So he had written something about Donald Sterling, and he was, I think it was basically, are you really surprised that an 80-year-old Jewish dude doesn't like black people being racist right. at this point in my life? So, no, I'm never surprised, right? Yeah. And it wasn't that he was he was an old like, Jewish guy, and that was the reason why he's racist. It was just that anybody is capable of being racist. Yeah and true. I spoke to that when I said no I'm not surprised she thought that I was saying that because he was an old Jewish dude he was automatically racist oh, right and she right. got pissed off interesting and I was like you've known me for forever you right. really think that that's who I am like no Come right. on. really if you think about who I am if you you, you wouldn't have jumped to a conclusion
3: that's, that's a good like point that. I was just listening to somebody ever saying that like uh, we had to learn how to uh, deal with people based on you know what we know about them you know yeah. what I'm saying like even if you say something that may offend me or it sounds offensive to me like I'm like okay AJ I do just from what I know of AJ he doesn't necessarily mean that you know right. yeah. and uh, sometimes we lose sight of that yeah. sometimes we just respond you know, it's yeah. like oh wait, you know, you offended me, or what you said is yeah. offensive.
4: The classic adage is we judge our our own actions by our intentions, and the mm-hmm. actions of others by their behavior. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So when yeah. we when we see what people do, yeah, yeah, we like, like oh this is what you meant. We judge yeah. that, but when we do something and someone judges us for harshly, we're like
3: oh no no no, I meant to do this.
4: Yeah. And so that's the that's the classic uh, yeah. trope. So my
3: yeah. a question was posed to me, and the question was. Um, the reaction of the commissioner to let go, um, was yeah. that was that right? I mean, was right. that like yes? Was that appropriate?
2: It was, was appropriate yes, right. overwhelmingly appropriate. People have to learn that they can they cannot conduct themselves in certain ways uh, and think it's okay to with within the society anymore. So yeah, he had to respond to that. And so this this and thing- this is and, and just beyond just human nature and and wanting to placate people who are deservingly upset, right? It's a business. Yeah, Donna Sterling became fine. a liability to the NBA. Yeah. You're going to, I mean, you saw how many sponsors dropped him immediately. Yeah. That's that's revenue that the NBA is going to you know, trickle to them. And it's like, if we keep this guy, people are going to start to say we're not going to deal with the NBA. And they start losing money. So it's right. like, we got to cut the cancer out immediately right. and fix it. So
1: like, is this is a result of... Olivia Pope was helping the NBA. The-
0: that happened. That
1: happened. <laughs> okay, yeah. Scandal's not on the show. You yeah. are cutting that out. Uh, so is this really a result of kind of the cumulative things that have that have that have happened with the Clippers, right? Yeah. Uh, I mean, this isn't the first time that something's happened like this from him, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So do you think Adam Silver really responded to this cumulative effect? With him?
3: Yeah. I,
2: and
1: I and he may was... not have responded this way to someone who hasn't had yeah. those infractions. No, I think yeah, I
2: think it was it was in his mind it was the appropriate. Uh, response for this particular infraction, uh. like I think he Adam Silver strikes me as the type of person who makes very intelligent decisions based on all the input that he's getting, um, and I, I believe he he really thought about this long and hard and felt like this was the appropriate way to respond to Donald Sterling in this situation. Like, you know, I
4: heard somewhere in the news that it was it, they said that it was not um, uh, it the the basically the overarching thing that kind of that sums up the story is that it's a classic example of freedom of speech but not consequence-free speech.
2: Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. the
4: guy yeah. said what he wants. He can say whatever he wants to say. Oh, yeah. No one's gonna arrest him. He's not gonna go to jail. He's not gonna be f- sued for it. Yeah. But, it's not without consequences. Like, no one's infringing on his freedom of speech but... You can't you can't just say whatever you want and not have your business, your employer exactly. react to it, yeah. or the people you're dealing with. I mean, they have an interest in keeping their image and brand yeah. a certain way. And so yeah. if you violate that, then you're, I mean, you're done.
2: Kareem Abdul-Jabbar actually spoke on the matter. And right. I didn't. He, I saw briefly. Yeah. I didn't hear what he said, but. And uh, part of what he said, he was like, you know, he blasted the other, the the woman involved. He was like Donald. He was like, look, don't get me wrong. What Donald Sterling said, and and it. It made me upset very upset but what the young lady did should also be called into question she you know betrayed this man's confidence recorded what was supposed to be private conversations and then released it to the world like she's she's at fault too like he was like look I'm tired of people trying to pick one side or the other everybody who's messing up needs to be talked about essentially is what he was getting to Um, Mm -hmm. and he was like you know it's a guilty pleasure it's like I don't really want to hear what Donald Sterling said because it's like the NSA was taping him and you know it's like it's an infringement on his right as a human being to to record things that were supposed to be private matters but then at the same time he was saying those things and it needs to be addressed so it's like how do you approach that balance right so I mean yeah I'm pissed off about what he said that's ridiculous right right? (laughs) but it wasn't really my right to hear that sure yeah, exactly. so it's a really conflicting place to be in
3: and, and the thing about how i viewed it I, um i was ups- I, I really wasn't upset because i know that he's not the only one you know what i mean yeah, I, I, right. I, I know it's so i mean it's it's vibrant it's it's alive it's you know it's, right. it's out I mean, there he I just mean, happened to get caught exactly <laughs> i'm like it. you know and that's the only thing it's like you know especially well, institutionally yeah, even though like i i've learned that you know, even if I'm in a personal setting with somebody that I can confide in, I still uh, I am selective with what I say. Right. Because of it can be recorded. It can, you just never know. Yeah. If you can use it against me. It doesn't right. matter, And So someone could put you on a podcast. Yeah. Year.
0: Exactly. <laughs> right. Right. So I wasn't.
3: I wasn't upset. I was just like, you know, well, that's you know, that's your fault. For it, you yeah. Know. Basically,
2: no. Like I yeah. would never make any kind of statements like that because it's like, yeah, like. If I can't say this in front of everybody I probably shouldn't be saying it in front of you
1: yeah like if people exactly.
2: conduct themselves that way, we would be such a much more civilized like right society. Like, really but I mean, seriously. everyone
4: does have things that they want to tell people that oh, are yeah, like you exactly. can't say them in the world. I mean, yeah. if everyone was fully expressed, like if there if would be some disasters. They met,
2: they'd all be Bill Burr, <laughs> <laughs> right, 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 right.
4: I mean, there are things people say in the privacy of their own homes that they couldn't legally well, say C. in a court of, of law, about and that, they could right, be uh, right. walk out in shackles. Like, like didn't it's- Louis
2: C.K. have a bit where he talked about wanting to murder his his, his girl or something like that? Like, where he's just like. Some there are some things that I think that people just don't need to hear. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, it's the it was the funniest bit. I was like, come on, dude, are you seriously? Like, you're really just gonna go into a complete description about how right. you thought about murdering your girlfriend. But, I mean, it's like, but that's the thing though. And again, like, <laughs> stand up comics
4: weird. are a whole different breed. Yeah. But if you to, but talk to a police who works the murder beat, or talk to a reporter who oh, works man. the murder beat, talk to a nurse yeah. or an EMS person. They have really dark senses of humor. Like, they yeah. will joke about things that in most polite company is like. Yeah. Oh, my God. What did that person just say? Because they, because they have yeah. to do that to get through it. Because yeah, yeah, they right. see the worst of the worst. Like, they yeah, see that. the dregs of society. and so just The laughing to keep from Exactly. Yeah, 100% yeah. that.
0: The Main Talk.
3: Man strength, you know. Yeah. Just kind of talking about that dad strength yeah. in yeah. the sense of, like,
2: where we can go. When, when we're pushed beyond our, our limits where it can take us that primal yeah.
4: need to protect yeah. that kind of thing the inclination to you know guard your young that sort of thing the, yeah yeah Yeah.
2: And or it's even just exert your manhood like yeah. uh, you get pushed to that point where it's like I alright we actually spoke on that earlier today we're talking about Chris because Chris is the type of person that is very slow to anger it takes a lot it takes a lot to build up, build up, build up, build right. up. But once it's pushed past that point, it's like a tsunami being unleashed on anyone that he directs his anger at. Like, it's... You don't want to be there. Like, once you push somebody past that point, it's like, I, as a man, I feel that this is past the point of you being able to... Like, you can't disrespect me in this manner without me having to respond in some manner. Sure. And I think we all have it. And it's all a different level. You know, it's like... For me, the thing that would set me off is if you threaten anyone that I love, like, it's a it's a switch. Instantly. I go into protective mode and I will take out anything and anyone that threatens the people that I love. But you could mess with me all day. You can talk all kind of craziness to me. You can say whatever you want to me. And it's not going to make me, like, feel the need to respond. But if you threaten anybody that I love or care for, it snaps. It's that it's quick it happens get literally I, I think that's what we were trying to get at earlier was when we were talking about like the potential to just become a, a different person in an instant like to snap your personality changes you do something that you would otherwise never do and then when it's all said and done you don't even realize you're like oh wow I didn't even realize I could go to that place
1: hmm. so what is man strength is it is it really just the physical thing or is it Something more than that. I think it starts with psychological.
3: Psychological, to. emotional, Yeah, emotional.
2: It has to. Because it's it's, 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 there has to be a stimuli, right? Something that sets it off. There has to be something that is important enough for, to you and each person is different, right? That you would go to that place, that primal place.
3: I have a question. Is it fair to say that one man is stronger than the other or is there a I guess a specific strength for uh, oh, specific wow. situations. Like yeah. you may be able to handle something that I may not be able to handle. But us collabing, or you know, being friends or associates, you know, you can help me in that area, and I can help you in another area. Yeah. But is there uh, a specific? Can you say, oh, you know, I'm AJ. I'm I'm stronger than you. Yeah. No.
4: See, I think there's a certain. I mean, there people are people are built differently. You know, I mean. And 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 people are constructed as they live their lives differently. So someone who, for example, served in World War II or served in any major conflict where they had to fight overseas and see gruesome, horrible things, those people, they're just tougher than people like me who haven't. Like, yeah. it's just it's not even a question. Like those people that's, are stronger than me yeah, mentally, right. 100% mentally, yeah. more than likely physically. Yeah. yeah. And that's and that's just I mean. You look at some of like kind of the genetic freaks of like athleticism who do really well. Someone like Michael Phelps, or someone like you know John Jones, the MMA fighter yeah, now, right. who's just killing everybody because he's a genetic freak. Or like like his, he has totally an eighty, he's six from, foot four, he has an eighty eight inch reach. Yeah, it's like yeah. some people are just built differently. Yeah. Anatomically,
2: and, he's completely different than the average right. human being. Like, right. I mean, I've actually had that conversation with my father and one of his good friends before, and his friend played uh, professional basketball. I'm not going to say his name doesn't matter sure but he his hypothesis was that all professional athletes have something different about their anatomy from average that allows them to be a better athlete right like so one of the guys on his team had an extra vertebrae which was why he was three inches taller than most other people right like john has a ridiculous his his uh wingspan is crazy is right? longer than his height all right but, like so,
4: an absurd distance you know abnormal
2: arm, LeBron James is six foot eight, weighs two hundred and fifty pounds, right. and still runs a four five forty. Like they're these, but weird see that's the thing. Freaks.
4: You think about it, the, how important genetics is. I have a, a yeah. friend who's a, who is a, 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 a kind of a master's degree in kinesiology, and he knows all about human movement yeah. and stuff like that. He says, fitness and your ability to be strong, to be fast, fifty percent of it is genetics, almost right off the bat. Yeah, half of it is just the cards you're dealt. LeBron James, if LeBron James is six foot two and one hundred and sixty pounds, he's not LeBron James. No, he's, not. he's just not. Right. I mean, he when you're he's when Colin you're Harrison. fortunate enough to have <laughs> right exactly right yeah he's a Spud Webb you know yeah. if he gets shorter and shorter Mugsy Bogues <laughs> and
0: whatnot yeah
4: but like. Uh, It's just the cards you're dealt, half of it. I mean, there are certain people who are built a certain way. They're built for athleticism. You know, they come from that lineage, that stock of, you know, whatever it is. Yeah. People who have survived a lot of famine. We can (laughs) talk
2: about him because he's been a guest on the show before, but our friend Julian. Julian Jenkins, right. right. Julian
4: Jenkins. Some people just breathe deeply, and they have a six-pack for their whole lives. (laughs) Like, it's just some people are just born shredded. They're born. Yeah. Some people are born big. Some people are born skinny. I mean, I'm a skinny fellow myself. talking about. People body are born, types yeah,
2: ectomorphs, right? right? Exactly. Body phenotypes.
3: Well, I think. Think addition- of how much that determines
2: your life, you know. Yeah.
3: I think, in addition to that, though, it, it comes uh, a point where um, skill has to be built. You know what I'm yeah. saying? of course. Be, sure. Right. Like me, I have a nice physique, and you know whatever, and I kind of it, ha- it comes easy for me. Sure. But I'm not in the NFL or NBA or anything like that. Still, it still has to be sharpened. Whatever but now
4: the thing is, you have your physique. Have you been working out six days a week since you were 15 years old? Or you know, do you, you have pretty good like genetics? And you were, we were born and you have a six pack and you kind of just had it always, you know? It was, I
3: mean, yeah, it was, was kind of like there was some. Uh, it's just, just a matter like, of carving it out. Exactly. Right, right. Detroit right. has looked like this the entire time I've known
2: I mean,
4: you. that's what I'm saying. And some pretty people much. just are just born with yeah. that physique. I mean, and that's, and it's not to say you haven't worked hard for it. I'm not going to yeah. diminish the work you've done to maintain that and to, to defend find it but I mean some people just have that lot where they just get yeah. born as monsters you know six foot eight 300 pounds of pure muscle you, you don't work for that you know sometimes yeah. that just happens I mean Probably it's luck of the morphs.
0: draw
2: but then me you know I'm, I'm an endomorph all day long okay? right I just, if I eat the wrong things uh, the weight is coming on I mean like immediately right <laughs> like, Body fat and muscle. I mean, it's just, it's, I'm just going to get bigger. Yeah. You know, I'm going to get stronger, but I'm, I just have the propensity to put weight on Right. It happens. That's so, how you're um, born. So I have to change what I eat to counter that, you know, which sure. is fine. And so, you know, you have different, different results when you have the same stimuli. You have to change the stimuli if you want a different result. Right. So yeah. it's. Absolutely.
3: It's. I, I think uh, what's, you know, important to consider again is kind of like defining, you know what I'm saying, like if you, say you're an ice sculptor yeah. and you you always have this block of ice and you have this vision and then you carve it out to what you see in that vision, you know, yeah. so somebody can be, you know, as fast as running on 1440, but if you, you have to, I guess, put it in, in a direction or kinda of hone those skills. Yeah. It's about defining what health is
4: to you, I guess, is yeah. sort of what you're saying. It's like it's like not everyone can like not everyone can run a forty in four seconds. Like not everyone can do that. Not everyone can be fast, but everyone can be faster. Yeah. You know, oh, yeah. everyone can so, improve yeah. the things that are lacking with them, but yeah. some people are just never gonna be able to be that fast. Like yeah. there's certain limitations that nature imposes on us that to a certain extent we kinda have to deal with until science lets us, you know, gattaca our way through the yeah. uh, early Sorry. stages <laughs> of human development. Uh, you know, we have some work to do.
2: So, I would say I, I say, I will say that I was a gifted athlete. Like, I was, things came naturally to me when it, when it came to sports. And, you know, I always was around, I mean. Also I a
4: humble athlete, I want to say. No, just, no, yeah, it's not. Cool. <laughs> no, like,
2: that's the thing. I'm it's, just kidding. Um, not that, I'm, I'm not the best that, that's ever played, obviously. Because, right right. you know, I'm, I'm sitting here doing this and I'm not getting paid for being an athlete. So. Right. But, no, I mean, I felt like I, I came from an athletic family. Um, sure. My father was a three-sport athlete in college. My sister genetics. Was, there we go. Yeah. So, it's like things came easier to me. But what was funny though, was like my dad is six four, but I'm clearly not six right, four. Right. Right. So, and for the majority of my childhood, I was a giant. Like when I was six years old, I was four foot six and weighed eighty pounds. Right. And wore, you know, from size from age five to age fifteen, I wore the same size. Shoes size twelve
4: age. shoes, folks. Six years old. Just want to say that incredible. <laughs>
2: what? No. <laughs> <Come> on, no. <laughs> anyway, like, but I didn't get the height. Like, I thought we all thought I was going to be a giant. I didn't get his height, right? right? So, you know, I had to figure out. You know what? I'm not going. I'm not prototypical NFL size. But you know what? I can go in this weight room and I can lift longer and harder than anybody else. And when I come out on the field, I'm going to be stronger than you. So, like, you you learn to do when you're not blessed with that. You know, a lot of times the guys who aren't blessed with natural ability work harder. Right, of course. Like, they just, it just, it is what it is. Like, you know, when you, you know, some guys are adonis. Like, some guys turn into The Rock, right? Yeah. Six foot five, 200 and whatever he decides he wants to be this week, pounds and chiseled. Like, right. yeah. you know, I'm going to be 220 and chiseled and I'm going to go up to 295 and I'm still going to be chiseled because I'm Dwayne Johnson. Like, <laughs> that's what he does. Well, so know? here's the thing about him, though, is that it's a, it's a case in point of how, you know,
4: Talent and genetics are kind of like half the battle. Like, if you have genetics and talent, that's great, but work ethic, you know. Stephen King has a great quote Stephen says, Stephen King says, talent is worth about as much as table salt. You know, like, how many stories do you hear in your life of wasted talent? People who are like, man, dude, this cat was so good at XYZ and just lost it along the way somehow. Classic story. You can be the most talented person in the world, blessed with genetics to let you do whatever you want. But if you don't work at it, if you're you're lazy, what good is it going to do? You know, it does no good. And that, I think, is the point. I mean, so what is the quote? It's It's
2: like uh, hard work beats talent if talent doesn't work hard. Right, 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 sure. That's a great
1: quote. So, you know, we're talking about this physical prowess that everyone has and, you know, having these genetic traits, but it goes the same with sort of the other intangible things that men have, right? Personality. So personality, right. Mental, right? Fortitude. mental fortitude, mental yeah. intelligence. Mm-hmm. There are things that some men just have yeah. easier than others.
2: I think we're, like, are we getting to the core of what it means to be an alpha male? <laughs> no, like, well, seriously, we, we right. just spoke about physical prowess, and now we're speaking about the intangibles, things like your mental capabilities, the things that you can use to your advantage that's not necessarily brute force, right? But, yeah. like, that's that's kind of like what any alpha male would do in any population, right? Right. He might not be the biggest, if, if we're using gorillas, right? Like, he might not be the biggest gorilla, but he's large enough and he's also intelligent. Right. So, like, at the end of the day, he was more cunning than the other guys, right? So he became the alpha male. But then there are other populations of animals where the smallest guy, the runt, somehow becomes the alpha. Right. You know, it's, it's the same type of thing. Like, you might not be physically gifted, but you have these intangibles that allow you to work within this system
3: better than anybody else.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean,
3: so would you rather have the, the physical aspect or the more so mental, the other things you can't see the intangibles.
2: I think it's it, it comes to, for me, it comes to, to, with everything in life, it's balance, right? Like, we're constantly trying to find homeostasis. We're constantly trying to get to some place of, of like, of balance, right? Um, The strongest person is going to have both physical and mental capabilities. Like, some blend of the two. It's never going to be the strongest, the physically strongest guy in the room or the most intelligent guy in the room. It's the people who have a little of both, enough of both right. to really be able to use their strength in an intelligent way.
1: But you are saying this from the perspective of what our society deems as being acceptable. Yeah. So if you're in a different society that values other things, mm-hmm. then it may be that there's more of the physical influence there yeah. in terms of being the alpha male. And so, I mean, that's a subject that we probably need to touch on, right? Wow. That there are different societies, even within our general society yeah. when I just, where when different you things are at
2: that point what I thought of was think about somebody making the transition to prison hmm. you could be a big shot in society right? but you go into the microcosm that is the prison world and you no longer have any power or strength or influence and you are now the lowest person on the totem pole hmm. imagine what that switch would be like for you it
4: takes it to a more primal place you know when you, when chris was talking a moment ago about it kind of it's it struck me as like the metaphors that we use to describe alpha males over here where you're just like oh the alpha male is the leader of the tribe the leader of the pack who goes on the hunt and spears the lion it's like There are societies in the world where that metaphor is what the actual alpha male does. Like, there's, like, you know, look at (laughs) Sub-Saharan Africa where the alpha male really is the dude who has to be the most aggressive on the hunt. Like, the guy who has to get the the biggest boar and who gets the spoils of women. Like, the metaphors that we use here to describe, like, oh, you know, a guy who works really hard at his job and, like, you know, earns (laughs) a little more money than all of his friends. Like, that's the alpha male. Cool guy at the bar. But, like... It, it's all context dependent, right? I mean, yeah, that alpha male—that alpha male means nothing in, yeah. uh, you know, in the Gobi Desert, you know, no, or no. like it's just—it's a whole different world. Take
2: a take a dude off, uh, wait, off Wall Street, and put him in Haiti.
4: Right. <laughs> yeah. See how see how alpha male he is right there. See how
2: how your wealth helps you when you're in the middle of nowhere
4: he would try and command someone and point and then that hand would get lopped off by a machete of the guy standing next to him <laughs> with go. a smile on his face you know and it's uh, you
2: can take somebody so far removed from the environment that they're used to that they simply become useless right you become someone else. like you you are burdened at this point because right. you can't hunt and so now we have to hunt for an extra person they can't pull their own weight Right. Like, in a, in a different society.
4: I mean, people talk about, like, oh, this guy's, like, a, he's a rich guy in a small town, so he's, like, a big fish in a small pond. It's, like, everyone's kind of a, a, a big fish in a small pond. You know, like, no one... no The biggest, most ha- happenin' hopping dude in New York City may run the town... But you know, drop him in Senegal, <laughs> yeah. yeah, or drop him in Sierra Leone and see how much, see how commanding he can be, in uh, you know, him in
2: some neighborhoods in New
3: York, right? Drop him even <laughs> some <laughs> other neighborhoods in New York, yeah, right? Yeah. Either
4: some, drop him into downtown Detroit, you know, yeah. at 3 a.m. and see how much, <laughs> see how much influence he's able to exert in that circumstance, yeah. you know. So yeah, alpha it, male, that whole it's concept. Crazy. Well, you know what it's funny context sensitive. It, it
2: reminds me of the episode that you were on our Bizarro episode number 13. Nice. The zombie apocalypse comes, what do you do? What's your plan, right? Classic. Remember we talked about Classic. all of a sudden people who have, you know, these, like, I'm rich, I'm wealthy, I'm the best, you know, consultant ever, blah, 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 blah. the world comes to an end, and there's only a few survivors left, you have no skills right. yeah, They are not of your in final to final it.
4: All of a sudden, the hobo on the corner who can open the can with his bare hands becomes your best friend. Yes. Like, yeah. Like, he's the one who really. can, you know, he saves the day.
3: So my question would be, as a man, and you know other men kind of coming into their manhood, like should you seek to be an alpha male, or, and or do you seek to be the alphabetical male, where you can be A through Z?
4: I consider myself a classic beta male. I'll just be honest right now. I think I'm a beta male in a room full of alpha males. Like, I'm 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 not a physically imposing dude. Like I'm just a tall, slender slender fellow. But uh, you know. I think I speak to people in a way that 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 kind of brings them on to my level very quickly and it's it easily lets me kind of like diffuse any tense situations yeah. I have. So I don't have to really get too primal in my life. I've found this about myself. And and this is just a personality thing in mind. I know people who get into fights all the time and I'm like, yeah. "Dude, how are you getting into fights all the time at your at 29, 30 years old? Like who are you talking to that you're like starting like strangers? Like you're getting into fight? Like what's I just don't get it, you know. Yeah, right. That kind of stuff doesn't happen to me because I'm just kind of like, yeah, you know, do do whatever you want to do. I'm just gonna I'm a, I'm a spectator, you know, as right. opposed to a uh, a direct participant in a lot of just the fracas. Like I'm the guy who after the hunt's over, I'm like looking for carry and like who someone left a body behind that they didn't take some animal, you yeah. know. And I'm just gonna I'm gonna grab that bad boy, make that easier for go into me. my <laughs> corner and just eat it and just move on with my day, you know. Right. I'm just yeah. gonna like keep to my own affairs, you know. Let the world go on as it does. But I, you know, Alpha Maledom has always fascinated me. What do you guys think about that? What do you guys think is ex- I know this is dude logic. The focus is manhood. It's all about just steaks and bikinis and just, you um, know, cool manly things. <laughs> right. All of that. Right. Uh, but I mean, you can, know, can do you can you make mine a lamb chop? Right. So right exactly. There you go. let me get some <laughs> just... The more adorable <laughs> the animal the better it tastes. <laughs> exactly. Yes. Yes. Right, it's like veal. It's like the veal. Like... Right. Yep. <laughs> Mm-hmm. cuddly um, and delicious equal sign but uh, I mean so you know is that an issue you guys have to deal with a lot what do, you th- what do you think of the men who are not like eh they're not gonna like put their chest out and buck up at you they're just gonna sit in the corner and drink their whiskey and kind of mind their own business you know like yeah. what do you think of those kind of cats do they lose man points to you or are they just you a don't. different kind of cat are they just a chill no, kind of it's, dude
2: it's, it's almost like it's a coping strategy it's, it's clever it's cunning like they realize right. that their strength is not physical. Sure, so physical. again, I'm not so, physically is not my thing. You know. So, they they learn how to exist within a society where they can still exert some influence right. without having to physically or. So your ability to just kind of diffuse situations right. allows you to be cooler with a
4: broader spectrum
2: of people. Right.
4: I think the roving bandits. I, they would want to eat me, and then I would crack a joke and make them laugh, and yeah. hopefully they would just let me tag along right. and so, not eat too much of their food. You know.
2: Like. If you extrapolate that out, right, so you have the ability to create, you know, relationships with a broad range of people. Sure.
1: I'm so a like booster. Into,
2: you put that into a <laughs> system, and now you've made more friends than everyone else. You've made more, what they call it, um, not associations, but on you know, Survivor, right. and like, what do they call them, Survivor Man, or what was, Survivor was the show that just started all of it, where right. like packs and... Sure, right. Yeah. You've just now made all of those relationships, so you have an advantage over someone who just exerts a physical power. Sure, right. You know, so right. it's it's crazy because of your ability. If the environment that you're in changes, you now have a selective advantage. Right, right. And a
1: loss of man points doesn't come from a perceived <clears throat> deficiency in something. No. It comes from doing something that detracts from your influence. Right. Yeah. Yes so breaking man, yeah, breaking man code yeah. Exactly. yeah breaking man code that's when the man points if start to go tick t- tick tick
2: tick <laughs> if you break man laws you will have points added to your license right <laughs> right <Yes.
3: laughs> uh, I, I think uh, another thing to uh I, or consider is the fact that someone that may be considered like you say, a beta male right in another aspect or yeah. another avenue another culture he may be considered an alpha male yeah, right yeah. sure you know, right? And um, I think that's uh, something to consider. Like, you know, I may not stand out in a lot of things, but certain things in like... Paris,
4: I'd be a tough guy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. I'd be ripped in Paris. I'd be jacked up compared to the population. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so I,
3: I think, uh, I guess, the aim is to um, to focus or to um, continue to, I guess, hone in on your strengths. Right. So it's all about making
4: the best of what you have. Everyone. Exactly. Everyone has to do that. That's all you can do.
1: Is whatever cards are dealt. You have to find a way to to make something good out of it. Well, you know, we've been kind of harping on this throughout the entire series, but the whole issue of the good guy finishing last. Yeah. Is this an an example of that, where there are different values that are attached to people when they're younger in age versus when they're our age now?
2: I definitely didn't see that.
1: I mean, the alpha male, right? Yeah. Who's the alpha male when you're 16 years old? The oh, most aggressive, yeah. like kind of chest uh, pumping, uh, the, the dude Captain who's on a football right, team,
0: right?
4: Yeah, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. the most athletic dude who's Good just job. the coolest guy, right? To, yeah, now, or, or what's
2: that
1: guy doing now?
4: Or, right, what is he doing now? Good point, oh, <laughs> right?
2: Yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah, Depends. Yeah, I mean.
4: I mean, that's why, you know, so you asked earlier about uh, um, about but what do you prefer, you know, into this whole uh, physicality or the mental aspect of it. And my answer has always got to be mental because, I mean, look, even the most amazing athletes, when you're 50, 60 years old, your body is not... I mean, your body will not hold out forever. Not only will not hold out forever, but it won't hold out even for your whole life. Yeah, your exactly. mind, if you get lucky, your mind, hopefully, if, barring something horrible like Alzheimer's or something, will be with you till the end. Yeah, you yeah. will, you, you can cultivate your mind until your very last breath. You know, mm-hmm. uh, you won't always be able to bench press two hundred pounds. You know, but you'll always be able to remember, hopefully, you know, uh, Nietzsche or something that you yeah. read like that. So, yeah. I mean, that's, I guess, one argument for for. If you're going to do a ratio, 60% of it put on your mind, 40 on the body, you know. Mm-hmm. Just with the difference a little bit more to the mind because that, that'll that last you longer, hopefully, you know. Right. But uh-huh. there's not to say that, I mean, you always, you want to work on, you know, health is important. You got to have a good
2: body. You got to try at least. Right. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Get off your butt. <laughs> right. I, I'm, a, I'm a proponent. I, I would say more than 60%. I feel like it's an 80-20. You yeah, think so? If, if you refine, if you continue to refine your mind. Right you will eventually be able to sharpen the, the the tool that you're working with as well. Sure. So it's it's like I agree with that. If you continue to I mean the mind is a muscle. It's I mm-hmm. mean it's that's how I look at it. Like if you work it, if you continue to engage it on a daily basis, it only becomes stronger. It's the same way as like if I bench press or do push-ups every day of my life, my chest becomes stronger over time. Your mind is just as malleable as your body. Like people don't realize that. Right. right. You know right. if you change the stimuli, if you change what's coming in, there's a different end result. It's just like your body. If I'm continuing to to feed positive imagery into my mind, then I'm going to be a positive person. If you, you feed me negativity, I'm going to eventually become negative.
1: It's, that's the whole concept behind neuroplasticity. So you yeah, see right. all of the luminosity. luminosity right, right. Yeah, right. I mean, that's the basic thing. Keep the thing. brain working. Yeah. And you think about muscle confusion, the core of P90X. Yep. It's mm-hmm. the same thing that luminosity does with training your brain. And you're increasing your capability to recognize patterns, to uh, to be able to identify things and mm-hmm. associate those things with other things. So Physical
2: aspect is you know as you get stronger your reaction time increases. Yeah, exactly. You know it's the same. T- it's the same type of thing. It's like I as I get stronger I'm able to lift more weight and faster and longer. Right. You know and it's it's really cool how your brain becomes stronger with time as long as you continue to to, to play with it. Just right. just do something a little different from time to time than what you're used to. So you have to throw a little wrinkle in there.
3: For me, it's like the concept of uh, having a car. You can have a car with flawless engine, inwards, it's, you know, perfect. And the exterior is, you know, it could be jacked up and, you know, paint chip, but you still have a good working car, yeah. you know what I mean? And yeah. that's, I think that's the, at least my aim, is to have, you know, this, this strong core mentally yeah. and, you know, emotionally, and then, you know, even if my physical, say, you know, I, you know, God forbid I lose an arm, you know, but I'm right. still yeah. going to. I have the mind and ability to be like, okay, I got a half arm on the right side, and right. I got a whole arm. I'm gonna make this work. Yeah.
2: You know what I mean? So, I mean, yeah, to that, to, you know what? To that effect, I feel like the people who exist in any in any population, right? The people who have the ability to, um, what is it, kind of change in an in a, in a environment. So, Renaissance man person a jack of all trades you know like no matter what situation you put him in he's going to adapt that was what i was looking for people who have the ability to adapt are always going to be the strongest in any society right i feel well from a
1: scientific perspective you're talking about natural selection, selection right chameleons it's, always win yeah
4: <laughs> exactly yeah. natural right. selection uh, if you can look like a rock when you're next to a rock then you'll make it out of the rock <laughs>
3: so uh this, I mean, this uh, topic is pretty funny because I was, uh, played football in high school. I uh, had a you know, really you crucial say. game. Right. I <laughs> <laughs> uh, had a really crucial game that it was tied. Like, you know, 75% of the game it was tied. Yeah. And so towards the fourth quarter, um, we ended up winning. And, and so they asked the quarterback. It's like, hey, you know, reporter was like, hey, what happened? What, what did you all do differently? And so <laughs> the quarterback was like, well, you know, we, we made adjustments and, you know, we made adjustments to the adjustments. And he said adjustments like 27 times. <laughs> <laughs> and we were all laughing, like, really? He just said adjustments like over 10 times. And- so you
4: adjusted the adjustments, <laughs> yeah. I see. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I, I think,
3: Anthony. yeah, I think like you said, uh, ad- adaptation or adapting yeah. and making those adjustments. You yeah. know what I mean? If you see something, an area, you're flawed in your direction or the angle, then you change your pursuit. Yeah. But-
2: I got to give you a quick anecdote about me and Anthony. When we graduated from our high school, uh when we had our our commencement speech, and the president at the time used, serendipitous or serendipity right. like 47 times right. in one speech Good <laughs> yeah it's like he had
4: just discovered the word that it morning was it was like the this is the best of of I have to use this today serendipitous
3: right.
2: occasion serendipity it was like oh man I'm getting really happy I don't know why it's yeah. like there
4: was so much serendipity it almost bled into multiple religions I was like there's going to be Hindu gods here there's going to be Greek gods here there's so much serendipity it's every god in the pantheon is going to be involved because he said the word 60 times was, in the course of uh, 500 yeah. words Speech, yeah. it was incredible.
1: Yeah. I that was a yeah, few reminds me of a word at Morehouse, religiosity, religiosity, religiosity. <laughs> religiosity. <laughs> classic.
3: Yes.
1: Love that word. Oh man, that yes. was
2: our freshman year. Yes. Yes. okay. So, uh, right. Trey over here went to, to Morehouse with us, so yeah, that's that's the um, the link there. So, when we talk about our old Morehouse stories, it's and you have plenty of them for days when you can go, yeah, Oh, I know Morehouse
4: cats, man. Morehouse gets vicious. I know. <laughs> I've, heard some the, I've heard some of the legends. Oh, yeah. I know
1: how you cats do it. <laughs> Savages. So what life lessons have you learned to help you become an alpha male or beta male or whatever you, you envision your place in society mm-hmm. being? Like, what has really shaped that? Has it been your influences in your life? Has it been just you going through things and learning that way? What do you think it was? I, I
2: guess it's a blend of birth uh, of both, um, nature and nurture okay. so yeah. take it back there I think I mean I, I feel like people who were blessed with more gifts out the gate have an advantage you have a competitive advantage and if like we talked about it if you can continue to refine that it only becomes greater so the the people who were born with certain you know um, they were intelligent high IQ right also physically have prowess you know strong intelligent guys Um, But if they have people in their lives that cultivate that, you know, like I had parents who were amazing and they pushed me to do everything and anything I wanted to do. Right. If you have that type of supportive structure around you that can nurture your gifts, it only makes you a stronger person. Um, Whereas the complete opposite, a person who's born low IQ, not physically gifted uh, and then doesn't have anybody to help them become a better version of themselves and they just fall to the wayside. You know, um, yeah. Does that well? Did that answer what you, what you were saying? Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. a combination of influences yeah. and life
1: experiences, yes. right?
2: Yes.
4: How about you, gentlemen? I'm always I'm always inclined to. There's a part of me that understands the importance of genetics, both physically and psychologically, and how how that plays into what you are and who you are, just from the from the get go, from birth. But then you look at I mean, you you realize the importance of experiences and how your experiences shape you when you think of someone like think of someone with a crazy awful story like Helen Keller, for example. Someone who's born, oh right, blind, deaf and mute. Yeah. yeah. Like the thing is, that person, according to nature, that person just dies very quickly. In 300, because,
2: that baby gets thrown over the
4: Right, right. Those are the babies yeah. that are still kind of aborted in places like China. and the, I mean, that's this is the kind of thing that people... I mean, nature doesn't want anything to do with beings like that. Mm-hmm. But being surrounded by one or two people who thought, this kid is actually really smart, somehow we were able to determine this, we can do something with this, and then to make to to develop what would become an iconic human being as someone who serves to inspire people in the bleakest of states because it doesn't get much bleaker than Helen Keller I mean right. when you just look at just what it is to be born with a bad hand dealt to you it just doesn't get that much worse than that and and so that really shows you the power like man nurture like yeah. you, it's amazing what you what what happens to you and how those things shape you. Me personally in terms of becoming a male that I think would call himself a decent civilized member of society, the, the most important thing I feel like any human being can learn ever in life is is the ability to empathize with other people. Yes. Yeah. The simple ability to put yourself in someone else's shoes. And I, I know people say that That's but wrong, but to just really but to really find a way to, to 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 think about what they might be dealing with in a real pragmatic way. Which is not easy, and it takes I feel, I feel like that takes years of kind of yeah. cogitation and thinking on the issue to really come to a conclusion, uh, you know, where you can do that. But it's that is so important, and it's it 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 changes everything. Yeah, it changes everything. It makes you it makes you understand why you see a mom like sweating with her crying baby in the grocery cart next to her, like you you put yourself in that mindset, and you're like, man, you know she's having a rough day, like, and it's yeah. just. You, you, I mean, someone cuts you off in traffic. You're like, Look, it's like the, those memes you see online. Every, yeah. every Everyone is fighting a battle that you have nothing to do with. Like, yeah. you have no idea what someone's going through yeah. every day, and everyone's going through something. Mm-hmm. So, it's like, you need to just be kind to people. You need to understand, you need to just be a nice, decent, civilized human being to empathize, to understand that hey, they don't need something bad in their day additional to what they're already going to get, you know? So,
2: this is this is something that Chris and I... I mean, Chris and I often have discussions because we're, we're good friends, right? right? So, this morning we were having... <laughs> and compatriots in podcasts. Yes. <laughs> uh, this morning we were having a conversation uh, with Chris's aunt about politics. Right. And that kind of goes to it. I feel like people's political philosophies are are determined by how much empathy they have for other human beings. Sure. Like... People make decisions based on how they feel about others. If they value themselves more than they value others, their political philosophies will change to suit themselves. But do you they, think
4: it's the degree to which they value others, or do you think it's different ideas about what that... Because, that, okay, you think, obviously you can say something like Democrats or Republicans have very different ideas about what they feel benefits people right so the Democrats the case is always made that they have a more empathetic viewpoint towards the plight of the poor towards the plight of minorities all of this stuff now but conservatives they it's not as though now a lot of them may have actually less empathy for minorities and for poor people but some of them I feel like the ones who are trying to do decent work in the party I know they're few and far between these days but they do exist they they're trying to to empower those those minorities and those poor people in the way that they think makes the most yeah. sense, but it's just so the intention is the same on both sides, but it's which way actually makes more pragmatic sense to solve the problem, mm-hmm. right? So what do you think about that? I mean, do you think that the intentions of some of these people are good? It's is it the level of empathy they have, or is it the kind of empathy that they have that changes how they you I know how they, wow. yeah, how they vote or how they believe? That,
2: that's a, that was a great point because you definitely have to think about the kind. Of Right? So, the way that a person is raised determines how they see the world. Like, if you're a child who was raised in a, in a household full of KKK members. Right. 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 Certainly
4: a little color you, will be uh You believe to that you. by
2: hating someone who is black or Latino or something different than you, Jewish, right, that you're doing the right thing and sure. passionate about it. No one's told you different. Because you've been taught nothing different. But someone raised in a completely different environment thinks that that's crazy. You know what I mean? Like, it's...
1: Wow. So,
2: actually, this brings up a topic. the way you're raised really changes your viewpoint. It changes the way you see the world. It changes what you believe empathy is. Do you
3: always accept what you... I mean, I know that um, influence and your surroundings play a big part in how you respond to the world. Yeah. Uh, But is that always the case? Like, can you be... You know what I'm saying? Can you be around evil and still respond in a positive way? You know yes. what I mean? Can you grow up? Right. So that's you know, what I, I think that, that,
2: that speaks to us, us growing up. Like, you just, you said it. Like, as you grow up, right? Yeah. So now, each one of us, you know, we're all about, you know, 30, right? Um yeah. We're at that point. And I feel like who I am at 30 is completely different than who I was at 20. And, you know, like... I think I've built a competitive advantage as I, you know and, and the thing is i I'm at a point in my life where I don't have to change who I am. I'm very comfortable in being who I am right. so you, it's just like there's no longer the need to conform you are just yourself and let, you let everything else fall in as, as you should around you right I mean, you see people who are disenfranchised with any any position that they work in oftentimes the funny person, the person who's, like, cracking jokes about what it is that they're existing in because right. they're miserable. Like. Yeah.
3: I mean, this is what you, you go through. I mean, like... Yeah. You know, I try to... I'm always laughing and smiling because, I mean, I've seen some crazy stuff in my life. You know, yeah. just in, you know, 29, 30 years, and I'm just like, you know, I have to. I have to laugh. Like, I have to have fun because life is short. And it's like, I've seen some crazy stuff. You know, i worked in some crazy places. i worked in OR. And, you know, just... Regardless, I've seen so much, since it's just like, man, I really have to, you know, balance this, this yeah. out,
4: you know. Yeah. I think a big part of developing that empathy that we were talking about earlier is, like, is getting a good taste for what true human suffering looks like. Mm-hmm. And when you work in a place like an OR, oh, like, you see it, or when you just, when you watch documentaries, when you study, or when you go visit third when world you countries, when you've abroad, I mean, right, when, when you, you see, see that kind of stuff, you just see, like, how good every, I mean, the poorest, most impoverished people in this country have it better than some entire countries. Yeah, like, right, there is, right. like, poverty in Haiti looks very different than poverty in Brooklyn, yeah, right, you know, yeah, right. and, like, it's yeah. not even close, quite frankly. Yeah. Yeah. Same with, India, same the Middle East, Africa like, there's parts of the world where people are suffering every single day inescapable suffering. And it's like, when you have that under your belt and you just have even a sense of that, how can you ever have a bad day in America? You're like, man, my my burger was overcooked. It's like, what kind of problem could you ever have that even compares to what some people deal (laughs) with every single day? Did you have
2: to go and kill that burger for yourself? Right, right, right.
4: right, right. (laughs) It's like, oh, they didn't knock on the door and ask for our arms and heads today awesome you know like that's yeah. a good day in my opinion yeah. you know like that when that doesn't happen I go to sleep with a smile on my face you yeah, know yeah, that's good. Yeah. because people have to suffer I mean it's incredible yeah. it's
2: incredible. I mean you know for me I felt like I've always been a grateful person for the things the blessings and the gifts that I've been given in my lifetime um, you have to be yeah I think and that was because I was I was taught appropriately my parents grandparents people within my church people around me you know like I had influences in my life who shaped that and they said you know be grateful And I always felt like I was a grateful person, right? But you still take for granted things. And the first time, you know, when I went, I got the opportunity to study abroad in Martinique. Mm -hmm. And I realized Mm -hmm. that people were living with a lot less than what we live with here. That changed my worldview completely. Like, overnight, I was a different person. You know, just seeing somebody else in, in that environment and realizing, my life is pretty awesome. (laughs) At the end of the day, right, right. Like, what's to complain about? Yeah, like I really, when you think about people, everybody that's born on this on this earth was born into a different lot, and there are people who have, like, I was born, I'm in, I gotta be in the top one percent. Oh, yeah. anyone just
4: born in America, first off, is (laughs) awesome right off the bat because that's a huge leg up right there. Right, and then you know, like. How, you're, how it goes from there if you're born into a wealthier economic class it's like oh my god you just got the biggest gift any human being could ever imagine <laughs> and people don't even realize that's why it's amazing when you see like really snobby rich kids it's like you just don't even know how good you have like how yeah. lucky
3: how which I mean I know you think you got
4: this far really, by yourself but you really didn't wow, which <laughs> is you why really you really didn't at very, all
2: like for me well, while I see very wealthy people who still are caring like individuals right. uh, it blows my mind it's like yeah. you were raised in this environment where you didn't really have to be, right. like, you didn't have to be concerned you to with over, You people. have to
4: overcome a lot to care as a wealthy as yeah. person growing up. Exactly,
2: man. That's hilarious. It's like,
0: <laughs>
2: that's, I mean, it's crazy to me that that's you, crazy, you know, when I yeah. see that. It blows my mind. It's like, wow, you, have, you had wealth and you didn't have to be worried about or concerned with anyone else. And you are. That's right. genius. It's like, wow. Right best type of person you right know, you had to work to refine yourself good job sure yeah. you know it's impressive <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> so
2: it's easy to care about people who are poor when you've been poor your whole life right right, right. all right sure y'all are human beings just like me i get it you know right. we all go through it and, i
3: mean and, and the importance is to remember that i was you uh, know um listening to a preacher who was saying like you know there was uh, somebody that kept a biscuit in their office yeah. and framed a biscuit and he, he did that just to remember where he came from yeah. like you know oh, wow. there's times where he you know they fought or it, it took so much just to get a biscuit you know Right. And so now he has you know whatever he wants and then he has that reminder I think that's important to always maintain a reminder yeah. so if you grew up poor you know then you get wealthy or whatever it's good to have that reminder so you know yeah, like it okay like it this. wasn't always like this you yeah. know what I'm saying you could be Sympathetic and empathize right. with the rest of the world. Yeah. Like you know, I look. I didn't have it like this all the time. And let me share. Let me help you get to where I am. Or you know, let's you know be on common. So crowd. so what do we call it when it's? I mean, well, I guess it's
2: it's sympathy. But uh, like you know, when somebody is able to sympathize for someone and they've never been in that situation, like let's say you've never been, you you're a wealthy person that's never seen poverty, ever, right. and you still somehow. Like feel bad for people who don't have what you have. Like that's called being decent. Yeah.
0: Well, I mean you can you
4: know you can observe kind of what happens in society and you can comment on that. I mean you look yeah. at someone like Jean-Paul Sartre, you know, he was born wealthy. He writes that he'd never suffered a day in his life, but he writes some of the most profound things you can imagine on suffering and the nature and just the cruel nature of the cold world yeah. and how it sort of beats us down from the moment we're born. I mean, you can just look at how other people have to live their lives and you, you can, there's a lot to be said for that. I mean, cause here's the thing, you know, people, there's a lot of people who argue that you can't genuinely speak on something unless you've been in the trenches and been through exactly it. Right. And now that's one way to look at things, but that, and that's one perspective is right in the middle, first person point of view. But there's a whole other perspective, which is that third person observer who looks down objectively and tries to tries to get an overarching narrative of what's going on here. And and that's I feel like not it's definitely not as important as being in the thick of it because you never get better experience than practical experience. But beyond that, I mean, having someone to sit down and talk to you about their practical experience yeah, I think almost as good, you know. Yeah, it's just, it's, it's just it helps you perform that get that perspective, you know. Yeah,
3: it's just as good. that's what I view, What that's my connotation of wisdom. Right. You know, I'm able to talk to you and you can tell me some things that you've gone through. I don't have to go through those things. And I think Likewise. that's just as important as experience, you know what I mean? I think sometimes we fool to believe that, oh, I have to experience this and know I don't really need to know or experience the, you know, what it is like to shoot crack. Right, you know, if right, If you did right. that and, you know, your life got messed up and you regained your life, that's cool. I'm going to learn from that or, you know, whatever. It could be, you know, whatever. Right. It could be relationships. It can be any aspect of life that you've gone through that I can gain wisdom from and not have to go through that. Sure. You know, I may still go through it, but I have the option of not going through and I can know, like, okay, he touched the hot stove and he blistered. right.
4: That's like all about offers. gaining just, information, yeah, right? right yeah, information. Exactly. See, it's an untenable just, position because if you think about it, when you have you, you know, your experience. Um.
2: Ah, never mind. Go ahead. Sorry. I, didn't <laughs> I, well, I just wanted to to point out. Like, I'm sorry. I just wanted to bring it back. But Anthony just brought up the existentialist
1: philosopher. <laughs> yeah, John Paul, Paul Sartre. Yeah. Oh, okay. Or dude logic. Yeah, right. It's a moment. Y'all. This happens quite often. Though, yes, right? it does. You know, dude, do logic keeps I, I actually, it philosophical. Yeah.
2: Huh. When I studied at Middlebury, I, I did actually, I actually did a paper on Jean-Paul Sartre. Nice. And, you know, in French, <laughs> which was interesting. Uh, How happened? about you recite that paper to no.
0: us <laughs> Do <No, laughs> logic you. first. Logic. No, thank you. Uh,
2: that was the most... I think my brain has never worked that hard in all of my life. Like, when you're trying to decipher a language... Start stuffing to up in English. Other than your <laughs> yeah. own, and right. then he's, a, he's this gigantic mind of a man. Like, he's just... His views, his thoughts, it's his so far expa- like expanded outside of the realm of normality. And then I'm reading it in French. Yeah. And then having to translate, it was like my brain was just like, I can't do it after I was the done. The problem
4: with philosophy is they make up their own words, first off. Yeah. Second off, they have no sense of punctuation. They're, they're paragraph long sentences. Yeah, it's just they're exactly. just a series a of, of, consciousness. of, consciousness. Series yep, of semicolons and hyphens and commas and just like it's they're keys. Like ca- e it's Cummings. it's no, no capital
2: letters. I'm right. just doing everything lowercase. Exactly. You have to figure it out. Like, really? Exactly. Really? Madness. Shout out Childish Gambino for using E.E. E. Cummings in one of his lyrics. Shout uh, out to E.E. E. Cummings, incidentally. Yeah, of, for, yeah. Song, yeah. yeah yes. for being E.
4: Shout out yeah. to Jean Paul Sartre, too. Yeah. yeah, classic. The
0: Urban,
2: Urban Dictionary, Dictionary, Dictionary Word of the Day, of the day is. Is, is, is. That's crazy,
1: dude. Back to so, it, yeah. so, guys, I was thinking about. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was thinking about, of course, the Urban Dictionary Word of the Day, you know, bringing that in and whatnot. Okay. And I realized that we had one in. We thirteen, the bizarre episode. That was perfect for this episode. Oh, what was that? Going Man Beast. Man Beast. Oh, oh yes. yeah.
0: Man <laughs> Beast was a great one. Man too. Beast,
3: yes. So what is that? What does that mean? You know, this is my first time, but
0: Oh break it down. Yes. Oh no, we gotta go to Anthony. What was, what Anthony was Man Beast?
4: This? Man Yeah, so yeah, Man Beast described like a... Uh, it was basically like a kid who reaches puberty way early and just like <laughs> shoots up into just like a vicious beast of a man. Yeah. And yeah. then and then, you know, whatever activity he's engaging in, he just like hyper drives it because he's like full of just testosterone and yeah. vigor and <laughs> sweat heroes. and all that stuff. <laughs> yeah. And so yeah, he goes man beast, you know. Yeah.
3: I, I, you know, did I, I y'all see a football game today? The What's kid you? with man beast on him. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> exactly. I, I know disguise. Let me see. He was sixth grade. He had a full beard, and he was about five eleven, six foot.
2: Yeah, that was um, Julian Jenkins. Right. Already <laughs> <laughs> oh, had like a credit score and shit.
3: Yeah. <laughs>
4: Fourteen. He was
2: like, yeah, just
3: like what? Like you have a license <laughs> no. and you
2: know. Well, I think when we started uh, seventh grade, Julian came to Woodward, and I think Julian was six foot one when we oh, were wow. in seventh okay. grade. Right. It's like. Yeah, you're different than the rest
4: Again, of them. Again, I mean, you know, they say all men are created equal. It's tough <laughs> nah. to make that argument when no. someone like that walks in the
1: room. You're just like, jeez Yeah. yeah so, so I see why Julian brought up that uh, that word, right? Oh, blibbit. Blibbit. Yep. Yeah. Blibbit. Yeah. And I forgot and, oh, about that. We did the next episode. It was kindergarten redshirt <laughs> yes, You, you think he was one of those? oh yeah <laughs> I, played, I played I mean well no, I,
2: honestly no we both played baseball with Julian Julian wasn't that like impressive as an athlete early on right and he hadn't sprung up yet but he went full man beef I'm sure he, he literally in one year grew like six inches right. and turned into a grown man
0: overnight
3: <laughs> it happened it's
2: like yeah. alright I'm just gonna be friends with I had a the man moment. moment
3: it was let me see it was sophomore year. Um, girlfriend broke up with me. Kinda uh, So you broke her, her in half. Right, yeah. Like, <laughs> I, with my bare hands. Oh, like, it's oh right, right. <laughs> yeah, it's Nerds so, just killed <laughs> it. Yeah.
2: Nerd <laughs> moments.
3: And so the day she broke up with me, I went home, I was upset, emotional, did a hundred push-ups, never did a hundred push-ups wow. in my life, right? So then uh this is a sophomore year, and then that summer I guess next couple of months, I gained 25 pounds and all turn into muscle. Yeah. Man beast moment. Man we beast. Four, like two more inches. I was already like five, you know, five nine, five ten. I grew yeah. up six foot. You know what I mean? It was just wow. man beast moment. Like 25 yeah. pounds muscle. That's beautiful. Yeah. That's
2: what testosterone does for you.
3: And yep. it, exactly. Yeah. And then, you know, Everybody looked at me differently, and she's like, "Oh, what happened to you?" And I was like, "Oh yeah, I just been working out." And <laughs> saying, you know, it's, it's been working me. out. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, you know, it's it's been working just out. Working man- out. <laughs> yeah, I like it. I and love that. That was.
2: I'm trying to figure out. Like now, you two are like you're talking about your man beast moment. I'm trying to figure out what mine was. What's your man beast moment, AJ? Ah, uh, I'm I'm really having a hard time. Like, I mean, I would say, right? man, I,
3: I know you uh, since you know freshman year. Yeah. And I would say. Post college, you know what I mean? Like you know, you, you ah, lost lost yeah. eighty <laughs> pounds, you know what I mean? And right. You're late room. bloomer. Yeah, yeah right, right, right. It's cool. I mean, it happens, you know what I'm saying? Hey. And it happened for you. And sometimes man beast moments you might have. We have, I think, a multiplicity of man beast moments. Right. Yeah. 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 It's you not know? just one moment. Everyone. But you know it. what?
2: But I think it's it's already inside of you, and you just yeah. you have to find it. have like,
4: to harness yeah. the man beast, find the inner yeah. man
1: beast. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Why don't we harness you your inner man beast. It's like harnessing
3: Incredible hope.
2: Harnessing the inner man beast is a new philosophy that we just. Coined here on Dude right,
3: Yep. It's, it's like the Incredible Hulk. It's yeah. always there. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. right. And the challenge is... David Banner. You know what I'm saying? Keeping it from hurting someone else. You know what I'm saying? Right. I'm going to use it for good, but you know what I'm saying? There is a man beast in it. You need to beware. Right.
2: Yeah. Yeah. You know who my favorite X-Men of all time is? Beast. Beast. Nice. Uh, Doctor Kelsey Grammer? Dr. Yeah. <laughs> <Hank Yeah. Choco. laughs> Dr. Henry Hank P. McCoy. Right. Yes. Yes. Nice. But I mean, yeah, I just love that... Uh, like as, he was he was the what like the most intelligent person in the Marvel universe besides probably Professor X right? Mm-hmm. right like he's a brilliant dude you know incredibly athletically gifted like but then he also stands out in the crowd like yeah. he doesn't and then once he actually harnesses or, or really gets to the point in his in his life where he accepts who he is as a beast he stands out in the crowd he then only blossoms it took him a long time to get to that acceptance though he was he hated he tried to change back to his normal human form right was never able to do it and then one day he was just like, you know what? Screw it. This is who I am. My favorite part of Beast:
4: the glasses. Oh yeah, <laughs> it's like he's a beast monster, but he still has to have that twenty twenty vision. Yeah. He can't. He can't just go full beast mode. He's yeah. got to have some, you know. That was, that to was keep great. his specs on. Yeah,
2: that was who made that choice. Right. <laughs> like, right. There's a costume designer somewhere who did that. Who made that choice for right. the last stand? Like, Kelsey, you're gonna be wearing glasses today. All the, just the whole time. Yeah, no matter okay. what, even I, during action scenes.
3: And going to this whole concept of man beast, it, you know, it's almost like the your, your version of alpha maledom. Right. Know? It's wow. like everybody has that. You know what I'm saying. The last day yeah. that I
4: completed Sean T's insanity program, that was yeah. my probably man beast moment. That was yeah. like three uh, years uh, ago. Oh man. And I've made I it through both that. months of that hellacious workout program, and I was just like, oh, like I had this yeah. moment where I just like felt like a like a monster. Yeah. You yeah.
2: Know? All right, so actually, I, I remember my first I, I would consider my man beast moment, right? Nice. And and what's crazy about this? Oh man, don't hold this against me. I have to give the credit for this man beast moment to my sister. Nice. Uh, all right, I was on a traveling track club in Atlanta um, called Quicksilver. Mm-hmm. My sister just happened to be my coach this summer. Um, so the end of the story is that by the end of the summer, I had lost thirty five pounds and was two inches taller and was running. 400s and i had never run before in my life and starting like fast forward but let me tell you how we got there my first day at track practice you know i'm trying to to make new friends you know make sure people like me all you know what you do when you're meeting new people at right. 13 years old 12 13 right and i'm just trying to stay under the radar just don't do anything stupid first day just get through it right all right, we had to run trails. Like, in order to be able to, to practice your individual event on the team, our coach made sure that everybody could run three miles under a certain time for your age. So you conditioned every day until you got to the point where you could do that. So my first day, and this is an AJ who, when it was time to run the mile in PE, I was telling Coach, hey, I'll see you when I'm done walking. Like, <laughs> for real. I actually right. did that. Like, I was like, Coach, I'm not running. I'm going to walk this nice. whole mile. And he was like, all right. Like, that was the kid that I was. I was like, I'm not running. I will play football and baseball and every other sport all day long. But you want me to just run around a track over and over again? I'm good. Like, I was that kid. I was trying to find a place in the track where I could light up my cigarette. So I could finish (laughs) up. And then it was like, day one, they're like, yeah, you're going to run four and a half miles of trails today. And, all right, so that's where I'm at. I'm going through this. And from the track where my sister was... There's only like one clearing where you can see people from the track. This one little place between the trees and the trails that you're running that she can see someone. Well, I don't know that this place exists. It's my first day. (laughs) Right. I'm running, and I just can't run anymore. And I start walking. Oh. And... Like I'm bent over, I'm I can't catch my breath. I'm about to pass out. This is like terrible <laughs> worst place in the world. Yeah, you came
4: from school, so you're sweating like cafeteria yes. milk and right?
2: just shame.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. uh,
2: together. <laughs> so my sister sees me from the middle of the track, yells loud, it's all hell. AJ, get your fat ass from behind that tree. Oh, God. Right? Meanest shit anybody could ever do to a 13-year-old kid. Of I love my right sister to death though, right? Oh no one's self-conscious about
4: their weight at thirteen.
2: I mean, oh, yeah. it was terrible, <laughs> terrible, right? But by the end of the summer, she had whipped me into shape, and like I, she got me to a place where emotionally I was a stronger person. I could deal with shit that I couldn't deal with before that. Right. So it was like all of a sudden, at the end of the summer, I'm in better shape than I've ever been in, and people can talk shit about me, and it doesn't bother me anymore. Thanks, sis. Right, like right. that was my first man beast moment.
0: <laughs>
1: uh, <laughs> having
2: my sister tell me to get my fat ass from being man a man beast.
1: <laughs> Wow, a um, man and beast moment and inspired then, by woman. Yeah, then, yeah,
3: I mean, and I think
2: that
1: happens a lot. Yeah, it yeah, does. I mean, yeah.
3: You know, you think about every most most great man they have a that woman behind, you behind know, them. You know, saying to push them into that man beastity. Absolutely. You know? yeah.
1: Yeah.
3: And um, I, th- I think it's important. I, that's one thing I want to bring up.
4: Man like, bestiality, right, guys? <laughs> no? no. Okay. Okay.
3: But I think women, you know, saying like they play a very vital role. We need to write a comedy show. Needs
2: uh, to happen, man beasty. But yeah, just in case uh, anybody in Hollywood's listening, right? <laughs> dude, we, we should just
4: focus on doing a funny podcast. First. dude lots of shit. Yeah, and <laughs> <good>. <laughs> yeah
3: and so I mean, like for me, like my man beast moment—the girlfriend breaking up with me—was you know what I'm saying a part of she. she I Calib- punched her head. right in, was in the, the face. That was the my catalyst, man beast. That was <laughs> the
2: catalyst to the man
3: beast moment. Man. <laughs> exactly. Girlfriend
2: breaking up with you, my sister embarrassing me in front of all these women that I'm trying to get to know day one. Exactly. Was my moment. It's right. like, oh, shh. I mean, and if you think I got to about do it, matter. you
3: have, you know what I'm saying, from time to time, you have many man beast moments per year or, time, right. you know, per a lot of time, whatever. Like, for instance, at anymore House, sophomore year, I was inspired to take classes at Spelman. You know what I'm saying? Yep. The women, just in general, the female species inspired me to be a man beast in, in my classes. Nice. I mean, I was getting A's, I was, you know what I'm saying, you know, I was asking questions. like... Pressure, I like, hey, yes, yeah, sir. I, I know the answer. You know, yeah, right. Right. We we a,
2: hey, look, we actually took an acting class together. in Spelman yeah. just because we did really? another class. Yeah. At That's we amazing. Like, why why we met. We, we, Beast
3: still, we yeah. Beast. Yo, yeah,
2: yeah, we did. It, oh, was, we it did. was crazy. It was the most fun, <laughs> fun class I've ever taken. Like seriously, yeah. Yeah. it was so much fun. I remember the
3: teacher name
2: Crystal. Crystal. Yeah. I wonder if she's still doing plays here in Atlanta, man. Like she was awesome, but like it was the most fun class ever. Yeah. Like we just got to act. Like, I mean, and that's the thing is you really got to become somebody different every day Like, yeah. and then we were around beautiful women at Spelman's right. so, so yeah. that was it hurt. never hurts right? it, it, was yeah. a, it was a good thing and then yeah but like to that point you don't want to be the average dude in a room full of women like you had to exert yourself like right. we were
4: studying you gotta excel like you understand
2: right. I had classes in my biology major that I would just be like nah I don't feel like studying <laughs> but then control would be like yo we gotta study for this art final
4: I'm in, let's right, go. go right, right. Like, we were
2: all in. <laughs> we were like, oh, we got to do it. Like, I'm, I got to come strong when, I'm, when I do
4: this monologue. Picasso's blue periods. Like, let's I'll do this. this. <laughs> yes. It was so funny. That's hilarious.
2: Oh, man. Yo, oh, who was it that did the, uh, somebody had to do a skit, and they played um, Andre 3000 from The Love Below, uh, Pretty Pink, Baby Blue. That
3: was myself and Brandon. That was you yeah, and Brandon. we had to do a video, and so we had to act yes. out the song. And so Good source
4: we, material, by the
2: way. Yeah, and,
3: and so we, um, they played the song, and so myself and uh, one of my best friends, Brandon, we crawl into the room, and um, we're, we're, you know, dressed as babies, basically, <laughs> and we're acting out this song. So, I mean, we had that type of uh, area or room to do, to be creative, man. It, it was awesome, man. It's just... Wow. Man beast
1: it. Man beast. All right. Well, I mean, you know, people get convinced, and we're talking about a lot of positive things, that came about as part of your man beasting, but there are a lot of negatives too, right? <laughs> yeah, I, no negatives it, to being a man going. You're, you're in the steroid <laughs> <He's a> phase. <problem. laughs> Rage. <laughs> <laughs> and it just uh, so happens that, upon my unofficial count, ninety percent of them are related to women. Oh, right, exactly. <laughs> okay. right. exactly. Right.
3: And the thing about it, I, I didn't mention it until you said something, and I wasn't going to mention it. Um, but uh, my man beast moment that I mentioned, uh, she broke up with me, but. The whole time, not the whole time, but most of the time I was cheating on her. So it was like, I got mad because I she caught me or she right. broke up with me and I was cheating on her. So uh, it was yeah. like, you know, that man beast moment came from kind of her responding to what I did. It was two I... rages
1: mixed together. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> like, rage two machine. different flavors of rage. <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah. So we talk about Morehouse, right? Like, a lot of guys were trying to man beast by the influence of women, right?
0: Oh, yeah. and, and, I mean,
1: so we talk about the myths or the true stories no one really knows yeah. about people trying to climb over the wall and getting shot <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> oh yeah like it really happens
2: like that's the thing but we're talking we about more use,
4: after the APD I'm not really sure this what. is just Spelman College Okay. So, okay Spelman,
2: gotcha. I mean the the entire campus is fenced in right, all right? All right and right, it's, okay. it's essentially like it's it's essentially women inside of a prison. So you're half-step away from a prison, <laughs> right? No, but it's, it's... I mean, it's gorgeous, you know, like... But they... they the like, barbed wire on the fence is yeah, just <laughs> spectacular. Right. When the sun hits it. <laughs> <laughs> they have security officers or who are police officers. Right. Like, actual police officers who okay. carry weapons and will shoot you if you're on their campus for a reason that you shouldn't be. That's like, frightening. <laughs> like, they're so... It's so serious. And, and the thing is, we had these, these uh, jokes about how they had rubber bullets. Like... No, some of them have real bullets. And they would, yeah. like, And they, it was like, you were not supposed to be on this campus anymore. It's like it. a
4: firing squad. They give one guy real bullets just so no one knows
1: who had to fire the fatal shot. <laughs> oh, that's funny.
2: No, uh, It was funny.
1: But yeah, it was crazy. That's was, definitely not the way to go Man Beast, Oh, no,
2: no. No, you don't want to risk your life when you're going Man Beast. But it happens sometimes. Right. It happens.
1: <laughs> yeah. It's an unfortunate
4: byproduct, a secondary byproduct of Man Beast.
2: sometimes you lose your life sometimes Sometimes
3: you go jump off a five story building and And the parachute doesn't open it's a negative aspect uh, (laughs) of man beasting is that that can be considered risk Uh, Man beasting or oh, is like yes. is that like man baby, like you know. You, <laughs> so you're going the opposite way? Right, you're going the opposite right. you know, you're reverting, you're going the wrong way. Hey, that might
1: be our our new urban dictionary oh, right wow. there, huh? Control just brought that uh, man babying. Man, man <laughs> yeah. babying Man right. babying.
2: Yeah. yeah. Alright, so uh that guy who just broke up or his girlfriend just broke up with him and all of a sudden he's now, you know, crying in a corner by himself all the time, can't Good. go out to meet new people, like that dude, he reverts from being the positive, you know, assertive dude that he was to right. this like insecure, like, Adam, the world sucks person.
3: Right. That would be man baby. Man, right? man, man, man baby. baby. Yeah. Yeah. He's having this man baby moment. Right? Yeah, he needs yeah. uh, a uh lollipop yeah. a security blanket. Yeah. Right. <laughs> man, baby. man baby. Man baby. Which
2: sometimes ends up becoming a new chick exactly who then becomes a casualty because he's like ah thank you for helping me get through this process
4: it's a vicious cycle it i'm is. a man now
2: i don't need you anymore i'm not beasted again yes man beasted again i'm, man be- I'm now i'm oh, So just an ebb and <laughs> flow of man babying and man beasting <laughs> right <laughs> it's, it's, it's,
1: exactly it's, just it's a vicious cycle <laughs> yeah.
2: that's terrible
1: yeah it's very terrible <laughs> <laughs> are we recording that
2: we like are recording, recording all of this. your face
1: <laughs> that's hilarious Wow, wow. <laughs> yeah, that happened. That's dude logic. Yeah, that, that's that dude logic. Dude logic? That's,
2: that's circular reasoning, right? That makes sense.
1: Right, <laughs> it supports
2: itself. I drew a circle on paper when I said it, so <laughs> it's yeah, circular reasoning. <laughs> that was. Yeah. AJ's
0: Grimes. AJ's Grimes.
2: AJ's Grimes. You know what, Chris? I'm tired of cable companies, and it's the very reason why I was a cable cutter and have been for the last year plus. I'm tired of not being able to choose the channels I want to watch and having to buy these packages with 200 channels that I will never watch and being charged 50 to $100 more a month for something I will never need. Why do we not have an a la carte option in the United States? Please explain that to me. We got our neighbors to the North Canada who let you buy and purchase whatever channel you want and pay for only those channels and the same thing is available in India. And in fact, in India, not only do they have a la carte options, but they have a price cap. So no matter how many channels you decide you want, there's a certain amount at which these companies are not able to charge their users. Cable companies, satellite companies, I'm just letting you know, if you don't get it together soon, you're not gonna have any customers anymore. You need to go ahead and you know offer us some a la carte options so that I can have the channels that I want, period. AJ's Grimes AJ's Grimes AJ's All
1: Alright, we've reached the end of the show Thanks everyone for your input And hopefully giving all the gentlemen out there Ways to become man beasts And alpha males And whatever they want to be out there
2: Yeah Uh, I just want to go ahead and say thank you Yeah, At the end of the show, like always, man This show is as good as the people we bring on it And that's why it's great So, keep listening I just want to say thank you very much to Control and Anthony, gentlemen. Loved it. I love the feedback. I love everything y'all had to bring to the table today, and I would love to hear y'all on Dude Logic one day in the future again. So thank you very much. Thank you guys. Appreciate you
3: guys. it as hey. nice. always. Yeah, it was definitely a pleasure being here. So thank you. Always a blast.
1: You guys, I got anything you want to share with the listeners? Any upcoming events or anything you want to publicize? Um. I do just want to say one thing,
3: and uh, I guess in terms of what we spoke about, um, more free man Nelson beasting. Mandela. Good night, right. <laughs> right. Free uh, more man, <laughs> free more man, beasting and less uh, mandavian. All like right.
1: Okay. I like that.
2: Yes. I have right. nothing to add to that. That is minute. Dude Logic. Right. Yeah, yeah that is dude there, logic. there it is. Dude Logic. What was it? What was it that uh P. Diddy said for a minute a minute? Uh no b- was it no bitch assness? <laughs> That's exactly <laughs> what you just did. More man beasting, less man babying. From dude, dude logic. Oh, wow, we need to get t shirts that that. Right. hey, I'm gonna, let's do it. You heard right. it here first Why, on Do Logic. Out. Anybody trying to steal our idea, we're coming after you. I'm just letting you know. Trademark. Trademarked. Trademark. DM. <laughs> All <laughs> right, logic. Anthony, man. What about you? Oh, did you you uh, control? Did you have any like social media you want people to know about? Um. Or you prefer to be anonymous? You yes, know, I keep, prefer. Keep it. the anonymity. Uh, yeah. anonymity. Yeah. All
4: right, Anthony. Everyone can find me. My address is in Decatur. It's no, I'm just kidding. All right. Uh yeah, you guys can hit me up at Anthony Arasi on Twitter A R A S I. You can listen to my music at Anthony Arassi Mixing on SoundCloud and um, all that fun stuff. That's about it.
2: All right. Chris, where can people find you?
1: Uh, find me on Twitter at CG Skeezy. What was that again? That's CG Skeezy. You know what it is. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> <laughs> we do this every week. All right. We go through this every week. I'm man. sorry.
2: I'm <laughs> oh, sorry this is just fruit. I have silly. to say just as,
4: a, as an observer never has a man had a Twitter handle that is less reflective of who he is as an actual human being just the name Skeezy and then just seeing Chris it's like he's not, not you know a totally a total, total polar opposite of what his name would suggest so ladies don't be put off by the Skeezy he's this- anything
1: but Skeezy this is what happens when you create a Twitter handle when Twitter first comes out. <laughs>
2: right. <laughs> right. Yeah.
1: He was eight years old, folks, when he made it. <laughs>
2: That's what we're saying. All right. All right. So, Skeezy at Twitter. There you go. And where else?
1: Oh, uh, the life and times of the mind.com. There you go. Now, where can people uh, email Dude Logic? Oh, Yeah, right, we're right. going to skip
2: AJ. You want me to do it? All right. No, you go ahead. All right. Uh, the people can find us at DudeLogicPodcast at gmail.com. Uh, if you want to catch up with me, you can hit me up on Instagram at AJ underscore the underscore trainer. On Instagram, wait, just said that. On Twitter at AJ's Meltdown <laughs> and at my blog on AJ's Meltdown.com.
1: Uh, oh. And and I'm gonna just come in here and the website is not dude It is dude logic Uh you meant the email. That's what I said. Do
2: logic podcast.com. I heard do logic.com. No, okay, said yeah, podcast,
1: folks. We I are got great at this. We yeah, do exactly. do you know, uh, you know what? Remember, we do record late at night, so you know. Yeah. <laughs> uh,
3: you know, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna come out and I'm going to share. I'm not coming out like that, but I'm going to share. Um, Phrasing, um, <laughs> Follow me on Twitter, uh, at T Twitter At and um, also on. What is that called? Instagram. T With three L's. You just went from
4: anonymous to not to just
1: spelling out for everyone where you can find him, where you can track him. Polar opposites. Polar opposites. Perfect. That's the best way to end the show. Dude
0: Logic?
1: Yeah, and follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Dude Logic Pod, Facebook, Dude Logic Pod. There you go. All right. All right, everybody. Have a good night, good morning, good whatever you're doing right now. And please continue to listen to Dude Logic. We love the fact that you all are giving us things to do. Anything else you wanna say then? Peace. Alright, peace up. See ya, Logic.
0: Dude Logic, it's the place that you wanna be. Dude Logic, everybody come sing it with me. Dude Logic, is the place that you wanna go. Do logic, gotta let the whole world know Do logic, it's the place that you wanna be Do logic, everybody come singing with me Do logic, it's the place that you wanna go Do logic, gotta
2: let the whole world know I do logic, sit down and take a seat I mm. do logic, we're giving you a special treat
0: A special treat
2: do logic, I'm the single one on the show I do logic, I'm the man that you wanna know Hey, hey, I do logic, Cupid sent you here today Hey, uh, so all the fine ladies call AJ I do logic. Your boy AJ is the truth. Mm. I do logic. Time to step out the booth. Do logic. It's the place
0: that you wanna be. Do logic. Everybody come singing it with me. Do logic. It's the place that you wanna go. One time. Do logic. Gotta let the whole world know. Dude, it's the place that you wanna be Do logic, everybody come sing to me Do logic, it's the place that you wanna go Do logic, gotta let the whole world know